0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite coworker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert?
1: Swell, Allie. Thanks so much. This is uh, now week number 12, Thanksgiving week here in the States. For all of you international listeners, we're going to have not one, but three games this coming Thursday. And uh, we're going to go ahead and break them down just like we do every single one.
0: And I love the Thanksgiving games. I was so happy a few years ago when they added a third game to the mix. I love, especially on the West Coast, waking up 9, 930 kickoff time for the Lions every every year. You have our Giants playing in it this year. So while I'm not thrilled that they're playing on Thanksgiving, because usually I like to just enjoy games and not be totally stressed <laughs> out about them. Yes. Still I'm happy to watch my team play. So let's get right into it because we have a lot to cover between the Thanksgiving game, some marquee games that are going to be on Sunday, and then the rest of the lineup. So we will start with the morning game tomorrow, and that's the Bills versus the Lions. The Lions are on a mini win streak themselves. I believe they have three straight wins, most recently against our New York Giants last week, which I will not recap, Mm -hmm. but... The Brills, they were in a bit of a funk. They lost back-to-back games against the Jets and the Vikings. The Vikings one was in overtime. But they did bounce back last week and beat the Browns. So, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: Well, so, obviously, we're just going to go ahead and really not be concerned about Josh Allen anymore. It looks pretty encouraging for him. Uh, So, we opened up the game Buffalo minus Uh, moved up a tick. So it's now nine and a half, and the total went from 52 and a half to its current number of 54 and a half, Allie.
0: And give me that over a thousand percent. This is a, this is a two teams that can score. The Bills, they have a little issue. They have some issues in their secondary. I think the Lions will put up points. The Bills will definitely put up points against that Lions defense. I'm sure that the Bills will be happy to play a defense as bad as the Lions. But this was an interesting game for me because when I first saw the spread, I was like, wow, that's a high number. I was tempted to take the Lions, but then I thought more about it. And I did some research. And the Lions haven't played a top 10 defensive unit since they played the Dallas Cowboys, I believe, three or four weeks ago. And in that game, they were limited to only six points. Six points. A few weeks prior to that, they played the Patriots, who are number four against the pass. They're number 12 against the rush. They are another elite defensive unit, and they got entirely shut out. So while I don't think the Lions are going to get shut out, I do think that they are going to be limited with their scoring. And in in contrast, I think the Bills are just going to blow up the scoreboard. They had the fortune of not having to travel on the short week. Remember, they did play in Detroit on Sunday because there was a snowstorm in Buffalo. So I think that the fact that they've just been camped out in Detroit has really helped them get rested and not have to worry about traveling, whereas the Lions actually did have to travel. They had to come back from New York. So... I'm going to lay the the high points here. I know it's a lot. I know it's tempting to take nine points with teams like the Lions, Robert. But I'm siding with the Bills on this one. How about you? You Much
1: like uh, a couple of weeks back when uh, Buffalo played Green Bay at a big, big number, I thought that Green Bay had a chance to come in late and and cover the number on a back door. I think the same thing may happen here. The way I projected this game in my head is Buffalo Jumps out to a big lead, but what I see here is just a couple of injuries here on Buffalo that came up very early this morning that are, oh, look, I'm not talking about Buffalo losing here, but I am seeing a similar uh, layout in, in the way the result may go with uh, this matchup here on the, the first game for Thanksgiving. What I see is just a couple of key injuries on Buffalo's defense that makes me think that it might be a little bit easier then uh, what Buffalo has typically been giving up. And I think that Detroit might be able to come in within about uh, 24, maybe 26 points in this game. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's probably going to happen when they're down a lot. right? Uh, and they're going to be allowed to you know, go ahead and give themselves uh, a little bit of a breathing room for, for golf. And so I think that Detroit, you know, look, I uh, we're not here to talk about, you know what the number could be at a nine and a half it's sort of appealing for me to take plus nine and a half if it were go to 10 i definitely scoop up detroit as a play at, at plus 10 at home for thanksgiving uh but right now nine and a half uh maybe a little bit of a pass but if there was a side for me it would be on detroit
0: Yeah, it was tempting to take the 9.5. And And you made a good point because if it was 10, then I'd probably lean Detroit. 9.5 is an interesting number because it's still – technically it's still a two-score game. But you're not going to get there as easily. So I – I know there's always that risk of a backdoor cover, but I hate relying on a backdoor cover. It's one of my biggest peeves when it comes to betting that I have to rely on a backdoor cover because a lot of times it doesn't work. A lot of times teams get desperate. And instead of kicking that field goal, if they're down by 14, they're going to go for that touchdown and then they're going to fail on fourth downs and you don't get that cover. So I think that the Bills are just a far superior squad. I think their slump is over. I think they show up in prime time. I think Josh Allen wants that turkey leg. He seems to be getting back to 100%. Yes. I, I don't see the Bills scoring any less than 35 points in this game, probably more, so I'm going to put up – I'm going to lay the points. It's, it's risky, but I'm going to go ahead and lay them.
1: Okay.
0: Let's move on to the next game, obviously, I want to talk – The most about, and that's the Giants and the Cowboys. And I don't even want to begin to talk about the injury report for the Giants. I'll let you do that because it's extensive. But, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: I opened it up high, but clearly not high enough. Uh, I was the first nine and a half early at the start of the week. Uh, With Dallas, the total was 43 and a half. So they got bumped up to 45 and a half. And now here we are, Dallas, double digit, 10 point favorite, hosting the New York Giants.
0: So this is a stance, again, bias aside, but it is a division matchup. I love getting double digits in division rivalry games. And the Giants-Cowboys is a true division rivalry game. It's not like when we talked about Monday, the Cardinals and the Niners. That's not a real rivalry. Cowboys-Giants is a rivalry. The Giants will step up and at least cover on this one. I'm not going to go so far as to be a fan and say the Giants will upset them. Obviously everything's possible, but it, as a betting, from a betting standpoint, I'm definitely taking the 10 points. I do know that the Giants, they struggle against the rush. I think Tony Pollard's going to have a big game. Zeke Elliott, he's back. He'll probably have a good game, but they are pretty good against the pass. They rate in the top half of the league against the pass. I do think they will do a good job getting pressure on Dak Prescott. I think they will limit CeeDee Lamb. They do have a good secondary, even though they're a bit banged up. So I think the Giants will do enough to stay within striking distance. They will rely a ton on the run between Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Saquon had a terrible game last week. He only ran 15 times for 22 yards. I think he bounces back this game, and I think he has 100-plus yards from scrimmage easily. I think Daniel Jones uses his legs more. He's going to have to. Robert, if you remember the first time these two teams played against each other, It was just nothing but pressure on Daniel Jones. He's going to have to scramble. He's going to have to do something. I don't know if Evan Neal's playing. Do you have any information on that?
1: I do. Uh, Right now, Neal is actually – has he cleared? Let's see here. Evan Neal is definitely out,
0: Allie. Got it. So that's that's a big hurt. But I do think that they – they they'll learn from this time around. I think that they will devise a game plan that'll let Daniel Jones get rid of it very quickly. I know they don't have Wendell Robertson anymore. He's out for the year, but I just think this is way too high of a number. It's a short week. Don't forget teams, put seem teams tend to come out flat on short weeks. I think this is too high of a number. So I'm taking the points with the giants. How about you, Robert?
1: Uh, initially I saw this as a seven point, seven and a half point, opener that I wanted to do just based off of my power rankings which in just a little bit everyone's going to be able to log on to our website of course and and pull those up you'll see where I have Dallas uh which you know I, I guess go ahead and, and spoil alert this one <laughs> they're um they're right there they're not tops in the NFC uh but they are um in the top three in the NFC uh New York has you know dropped a bit and you know there's there's no reason to go into the injury report, but it just it just keeps getting worse. I mean, this morning Shane Lemieux is going to be out. Uh, John Feliciano's out. The, the offensive line, which was already kind of hurting, just got really, really worse. So there's there's not going to be much time at all to to run any kind of a complex game plan offensively, Ali. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, this is heart versus head. We've seen this matchup at the start of the season in New York. Uh, when New York was pretty healthy at the time. Uh, But I just I I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to pick up a win here. I think Dallas wins, and I do think that they do cover even double digits.
0: All right. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on that because it just makes me upset thinking about it. So we'll we'll agree to disagree. I I do – I, I think it would be very hard to get at the upset right now. We're just way too injured. So I will agree with you that I do think Dallas is going to win, which is going to get our doubters back on board with the Giants aren't real, despite our pretty much all of our defense and offense being disseminated. But I, I just think that we'll find a way to elongate the possessions. I think that we will pound the ball between Saquon. I think Matt Breida will actually be used a lot more in this game. So I think that we'll have enough to at least even maybe backdoor cover. I I do think that we'll stay within 10 points. So it's just too much for me to lay. All right, let's move on to the final game, which actually I'm most interested in your thoughts on this game, Robert. We have the Vikings and the Patriots tomorrow night. What are we looking at for the odds here?
1: So I opened up Minnesota uh, as a three-point favorite, uh, despite them getting thoroughly trounced just a, a couple of days earlier. And I got a significant amount of respected money on Minnesota. And so I I really thought that it was the right side. Uh, But pretty much the entire world right now is saying, no, three is too much. So I'm still at three. Uh, Everyone else is on New uh, New England only catching two and a half. So uh, officially Minnesota, two and a half and the total 42 and a half, Ali.
0: Yeah, and I'm happy that in my pick'em leagues, both of our spreads locked the other night, so I do get the three points. I think the Patriots win this game outright. I think that they are, their defense is very underrated. I mentioned earlier in the broadcast how they rank fourth against the pass, I believe, and in, in tw- uh, yeah, fourth against the pass and twelfth against the run. We saw what the Vikings can do, the Vikings do against, against very good defenses. They just struggled against the Cowboys. I know they defeated the Bills the week prior, but the Bills had some injuries. And remember, their secondary isn't that good. The Patriots' secondary is good. I think that they are going to cover Justin Jefferson pretty well. And we all know Kirk Cousins' track right at the road in primetime. Robert, he had 16 losses in primetime, Kirk Cousins, as most of any quarterback to ever play the game. It's ridiculous. So who are you taking for this one?
1: I think you're absolutely right. New England is definitely underrated defensively at a six and four record. I don't know if anyone had them, uh, you know, basically achieving what they've already done, uh, much less what their trajectory is. As we discussed at, you know, the start of this week, heck, they look like a playoff team. You know, could they get to double digit wins? I guess that's really the question, but their defense is absolutely carrying them, whether it's Zappy or whether it's Mac Jones behind the helm right now. So from an injury perspective, nothing really jumps out. Everyone's kind of healthy coming back for this game. Uh, Andrew Booth, uh, he's probably, no, he's actually questionable now uh, with his knee injury. That came early this morning, but nothing really else stands out. So um, I've got a feeling that New England could probably keep it close. Mm -hmm. I Should the continue running the ball the way they have successfully they'll win this game uh and right now minnesota has showed a great susceptibility to the run game right uh, so for that reason i'm going to jump alongside with you here and i'll take the two and a half points with new england
0: yeah i think that this one is going to be an upset straight off but straight up but I do think that if you can take the points take the points it is going to be a very close game I think it's going to be a very low scoring game as well I think both offenses will will tend to struggle to score I mean we just saw the Patriots get three points on their offense the prior week against the Jets I know that they won 10 to 3 but that was on a punt return so those are our Thanksgiving games Looks like Robert and I agree on one and disagree on two. So that's always good to have discrepancy. We'll see which size each each of you got, you guys in the audience would like to side with. But let's move to two games I wanted to highlight, Robert, that are on the Sunday slate. And then we'll get into our rapid fire round. So the first game I want to highlight is the Bengals and the Titans on Sunday. We have the Titans who are in first place. The Bengals, they're fighting, they're, tra- they're fighting for a wild card spot. They're probably more interested in the division title. They're, I believe, a game behind the Ravens. So what are we looking at for the odds in this game?
1: So the Cincinnati Bengals, we, we got a couple of key things here to look at here, Ali. Uh, but the number really hasn't jumped much right now, as I'm seeing actually a couple of games on the slate as we'll cover them uh, are moving really significantly right now on some, some fresh, fresh news uh, as we speak, uh, but not here. Uh, what we do know is the number that we opened with, which was Bengals one and a half, still the same. The total is 42 and a half as well.
0: I love the Bengals in this situation. I saw the number and I actually thought it was too low. I think that the Bengals probably should be favored by a lot, by a few more. I shouldn't say a lot more, a few more. I know that Tennessee has been hot. They just beat the Packers the week before they beat the, the, the Broncos the prior week, but this is a Tennessee offense, Robert, that still struggles to score in some games. We saw them struggle against Denver. We saw them struggle a, a few weeks before I know Malik Willis was the quarterback for two weeks. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Bengals here. The Bengals are set to get Jamar Chase back, which is humongous. I think that just totally redefines the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I know the Titans have an underrated defensive unit, but I think between getting Chase back, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, hey, even Hayden Hurst at at tight end, I think it's too many offensive weapons. The Titans haven't played a game with this many offensive weapons since they, I I wouldn't even count Kansas city because Kansas city has a lot of stuff besides Travis Kelsey. They don't have a ton of well-known wide receivers. So I think that this is a, this is, I don't want to say easy win for the Bengals, but I think they do win comfortably here. Who are you taking?
1: Yeah. I I think that's kind of what it comes down to Allie. If we see a 100% Jamar chase on Sunday morning, and we know he's going to get the, you know, whatever, 75, 80 reps that he could possibly get. Uh, I think Cincinnati wins this one, you know, maybe even by a touchdown or more. Uh, but that's really the question. I know it, it's very encouraging to see him off of the injury report. And that's why the number is what it is. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought there's no way Chase plays this one. And I was ready to set the game and pick. So the one and a half is pretty much as as much a uh, a move I can make on a non quarterback you know that, that I could possibly make with booking a number. So mm-hmm. Tennessee see at home though still again really really appetizing knowing that Tannehill is going to be the quarterback right there. They're just really really good at home, and I just look at the number and I'm saying, well, I'm getting points at home. I know it's a division game. At the same time, if Chase is back and at 100%, I don't see Cincinnati losing this game. So right now, off of the news that I have, I'll go inside with you here as well, Allie. I think the Bengals do pick up the win.
0: Yep, totally agree. All right, let's go with the final game I want to highlight. Then we'll get into our rapid fire round. And that's the Packers and the Eagles. I know the Packers. Why are we still highlighting their games? They're they're out of it. They just lost to the Titans, but this is still a good matchup. Eagle. We saw the Packers step up against the Cowboys a few weeks ago. Let's see if they could step up against the Eagles. So, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here?
1: Right. So we opened up Philly as a seven-point favorite. The total forty-five and a half. The totals moved up to forty-six and a half. And just this morning, Green Bay backers finally came. And so now we're everywhere at Philadelphia minus six and a half. Uh,
0: I like the Eagles here. And I know that the Eagles struggled last week against the Colts. The Colts do have a very underrated defensive unit. I know that the Packers do not have a good defensive unit, especially now that Gary's out for the rest of the year. They struggle on the defense. So I'm going all out on the Eagles with this one. I think they win by 10 points or more. I don't see how the Packers are going to be able to keep up with this one. I know that Dallas Goddard's a big loss for the Eagles. You could tell in the offense last week, Jalen Hurts just doesn't seem to be the same without his tight end there to create space and make some catches. But I think that the, the discrepancy between the Eagles and the Packers is way too much for the Packers to surmount. They're playing in Philadelphia. Philadelphia does get the home field advantage on this one. So I'm going to side with the Eagles. I know it's a lot of points to lay against a Packers squad but this isn't the same Packer squad as years past. I think that the Eagles cover this one. How about you, Robert? Yeah, with
1: Dallas being, uh, you know, as I mentioned, one of the top teams in the NFC, Philly is actually right there alongside with them. Uh, Green Bay, we talked about the schedule that the Green Bay Packers were going to have going down the stretch and what number they would need to do. They needed to basically win out to make a playoff spot here, and it's not going to happen. I've got this number pretty much pegged right where it's supposed to be. Uh, And I think here, similarly, Eagles win. They get the cover. Uh, Nine and one, you know, they've beaten some really significant teams that have showed that they are better than their record actually portrays. And so I do agree with you here. I think the Eagles get the win and the cover.
0: All right, let's move on to – well, two two in a row we agree with. That's great. (laughs) Well, let's move on to our rapid-fire round because we have a lot of games to go through very quickly. And we'll start with the first one. might be a dud, but we'll see. We got the Texans and the Dolphins. How much points can the Dolphins put up on the worst team in the league? Robert, what are the odds here?
1: They could put up all the points, Allie. That's the answer. Uh, we opened up Miami 12, and I wish uh, I, I wish I opened them up 14 because it doesn't look like we've reached the ceiling yet. Uh, it's climbed to 13, then 13 and a half. There's no way I see this number not closing two touchdowns. Uh, the totals also climbed from 45 and a half up to 47. Uh, with really the interesting news here is that Kyle Allen's now the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, Godspeed, Kyle.
0: Yeah, I don't, care who, I don't care who is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. There's nothing that's going to compel me to take the Texans in this one. I don't even want to spend a lot of time on it. I think Miami is just a scoring machine. I know they have issues on defense, but this is the Texans. Kyle Allen, I don't even know the last time Kyle Allen started. What, three, four years ago? It was definitely pre-COVID. So I, I don't see this as being any big of just David Mills was so bad. They had to do something. I'm going to lay the points with the Dolphins. I know it's a high number. I know I usually love taking taking underdogs with the high numbers, but this is one that I just can't see myself trusting the Texans. How about you, Robert? I don't
1: think the Miami Dolphins are going to punt in this game. For that reason <laughs> alone, I will lay the points and expect them to cover the number.
0: Yeah, I, I remember the last time they played, their punter, I forget his name, but he posted a picture of him just chilling at uh, chilling on the bench to, uh, when he didn't punt all game, and he said, hard day at the office. <laughs> was a pretty good one. All right, let's move on to the Bears and the Jets, and a little breaking news before this podcast, but the Jets no longer will Zach Wilson be the starter. What are we looking at for the odds here, Robert?
1: I don't know what's more shocking here for you, Allie. The fact that Zach Wilson is not starting – and Mike White will, or the Jets becoming a higher favorite now that Mike White is the starter. Uh, this number, the New York Jets opened, boy, this number has danced. We opened up the Jets four, got bet down to three and a half, and on news that Mike White is now the starting quarterback, we're seeing, I'm at five and a half. I just saw wow. six pop up on the New York Jets. The total a very low 38
0: and a half. I guess that's just what goes to show you how bad Zach Wilson is, to be be honest. But I'm glad too that my spread did, did close out. I believe it was at three or four the other day, but even at the five and a half, six number, I would totally take the Jets. The Jets have a great defense. I don't know the last time that Chicago has played a team with a very good defense. I think not only is their secondary with Sauce Gardner just going to limit any type of passing ability with Justin Fields, but I think that they're going to limit his run game. We saw them, what they did with the Patriots last week, Robert, and they really pounced on the Patriots in the run game. They only allowed the Patriots to get three offensive points. I love the Jets in this situation. I was actually surprised that Joe Flacco was a name starter. I thought he was going to be the name, but Mike White, go with the younger guy, see what you have with your future. So I totally understand it. I'm gonna lay the points
1: and go with the Jets here. Uh, I also will do the same. I think that it's the Jets' defense that's going to win this day. Uh, and actually, in a way, I actually feel that Mike White might be a better fit offensively right now. You're absolutely right, Al. You nailed it. With he's he's definitely the guy that you want to go with. There's no reason to go, you know, deep into the bench and, and just you know have a vanilla offense. I think that Mike White actually improves the offense this coming weekend, but it's not going to be that. I believe it's going to be the Jets' defense. Don't be surprised if the Jets pull up a a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown here, because I do really think that it's going to be the Jets' defense that's going to win this day for them.
0: Yeah, totally agree with you on that one. Let's move on to probably a big dud. I don't know how either of these teams get to 10 points, but I guess someone has to. Broncos and Panthers, what are we looking at here, Rob? (laughs) (laughs)
1: yes yes exactly because we have to six wins combined among these two teams this number hasn't moved because no one seems to care i've got denver as a two-point favorite with a total 36 and a half
0: i mean this is just a game that i'm like oh i gotta pick someone to win this game so that being said i'll take the home underdog in this one i get points with the panthers the broncos haven't showed me anything why they should be favored this year they just lost again to the team that will not be named on this podcast. <laughs> <'cause you're already laughs> with yes, yes. So I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I don't really have too much more to add on this one. Just if you want the the bigger ship pile of the two, I think the, the bigger ones, the Broncos. So I will go with the Panthers and take the points gladly. How about you, Robert? <laughs> uh,
1: so I was going to be on Carolina, Uh And then P.J. Walker was coming up on the injury report. And now it's Sam Darnold as the quarterback starting for Carolina. For that reason alone, I will be backing the Denver Broncos. P.J. Walker, I'm actually on Carolina. I think they win with P.J. Walker. With Sam Darnold, no, I I don't like him. Uh, It's not even a pass, actually. I'm going to switch allegiances. I'll back Denver here to win by a field goal or more.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. I I, I feel like this is going to be a six to three game. So (laughs) It's going to be a painful one to watch. Definitely take the under on this one. Yes. All right. The next one we got. I actually think this is going to be a good matchup. The Falcons and commanders, Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: Okay. Actually, you're you're a very good point here. Uh, We've got Atlanta here as catching points, and it's kind of moved between four and three and a half all week long. Washington now four and a half. And a total set to 41.
0: I can't believe Taylor Heineke's got them to be four and a half point favorites against the Falcons. I just can't. That being said, I'm going to take the points with the Falcons. I know the Falcons beat the Bears last week. They didn't cover by half a point. I think that they not only cover, I think they actually beat the Commanders. I think the Commanders are getting a little overhyped with the Heineke train. They did beat up on a terrible Texan squad that cost Davis Smills his starting job. I like the Falcons a lot in this one. I do think they are an underrated unit. We saw a little bit of Drake London last week. He got a touchdown against the Bears. I think they match up very well against the Commanders, even if the Commanders are going to have Chase Young back. So I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one. How about you, Robert?
1: Right, so it's a very good point you made on all, and I was going to hit on them as I circled some names as well. So Kyle Pitts, he's out pretty much. At this point, I think he's going to be out for the year, right. so you are going to see so much of Drake London right now. So for those that are in uh, fantasy leagues, you may want to pick that kid up because he's going to get a really huge uptick in the number of targets at the very least. Uh, but the problem is how much time will Mariota have to throw this right. ball? Uh, I think that with the return of Chase Young, this makes a already very, very good defensive uh, line and linebacker core even better. Uh, and I actually think Atlanta is going to have their hands way, way too full. Washington for me gets the win and the cover.
0: All right. Another one to disagree on. Well, let's move to the bucks and the Browns. Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: Uh, once again, we said that all Tampa Bay has to do is just win their division. And uh, now things are starting to come together even more. We opened up Tampa three, uh, got bet down for a little bit. I thought we weren't going to see that three again, but no, we got to the three and it's even higher now. So Tampa three and a half and the total low 42 and a half.
0: So I'm not going to overreact that Tampa beat the Seahawks in Germany two weeks ago. I was high on Tampa that game. A lot of it had to do with Seattle's travel schedule and the time difference. I thought that the Buccaneers had a better travel distance and a better time difference. So I wasn't surprised in that one. They still actually almost didn't cover or win that game. Seattle made a big comeback late, but I, I, I know the Browns haven't been playing great lately. I know that they, they were able to get a back to recover against the bills. They got completely blown out against Miami the week before, but Miami and the bills are on another level than the bucks. I think that Cleveland matches up very well against the, 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 the Buccaneers. I don't think they necessarily win, but I do think I will grab the three points. I think this is going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. So I will take the underdog on this one. How about you, Robert? And
1: here we have it, right? We're right around our key number here of three, threes and sevens, folks, of course. That's that's kind of our key prime numbers when booking football games, especially today. So with three and a half, I would think that Cleveland probably would be the right side in a field goal game. But as I look at it now, I still think that Tampa gets a win and a cover here, Ali. Just too much better a body of work, far, far healthier than they have been in weeks past. Cleveland's still really, really struggling. And and I, I still think that they're starting to think about, you know, with three wins and 10 starts, they're thinking about, you know, what life would be like with Deshaun Watson. So I, I don't know if they're going to still find their way to, you know, some open leads, uh, you know, with, with the passing game. And if the passing game isn't going to open up things for Chubb, it might be a very, very long day. So with that said, I think Tampa does get the win. I think it's probably somewhere in, Maybe 24, 26 points for Tampa. I don't think Cleveland cracks 20.
0: Well, we'll see on that one. It's funny. Last week, we agreed on just about every game. This week, we disagree on just about it. Funny what one can make the difference. Let's move on to the Ravens and the Jaguars. Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: Okay, so uh, Baltimore is at Jacksonville here. Uh, two different directions. One is seven and three, the other three and seven. This line hasn't changed all week. The line is now Baltimore four and a total 43 and a half.
0: I know it's tempting to take Baltimore here, especially I think they will bounce back after how poorly their offense performed against, against the Carolina Panthers last week. But I do like taking the points with the Jaguars. They did have a bye last week. I think having some rest allowed them to get a little healthier. I think that they have an underrated offense while I'm not high on Trevor Lawrence, I am high on Travis Etienne. I think he will bode very well against that Ravens defense that seems to sometimes slide from time to time. I think that Travis Etienne will expose them. I think that Christian Kirk will probably have a big game receiving. I'm not going to go so far as to say the upset, but I don't think the Ravens blow them out by any means whatsoever. I think they stay within the spread, and I think Jacksonville covers on this one. How about you,
1: Robert? Yeah, exactly. I You you nailed it. The, the game plan for Jacksonville is just that, ball control and, and keep the ball away from the Ravens, who do that very well. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars injury report hasn't been this clean since preseason. They look very, very healthy coming into this game. I do think that they could keep this within a field goal. I'm going to side with you, Allie. Jacksonville plus four.
0: All right, let's move on to... The team who must not be named versus the Seahawks, Robert.
1: Seattle is just a beautiful city, aren't they? <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks opened as a four-point favorite, a little bit too high of a ceiling right there. So the number is now Seattle, minus 3.5, and, and the total 47 and a half.
0: Yeah, I hate to say it, Robert, but I just think that's too big of a number for me to lay with Seattle. I know that they have a much better record. I know that the Raiders have been struggling all year, they did manage to come back and win in an overtime last week against the Broncos. I don't think they win here, but I do think they do enough to cover. I like that. I like, I like Devonte Adams to have a big game against Tariq Woolen. I think he's going to be the hardest receiver that he's covered all season. I think that they'll at least cover the Raiders. Well, how about you, Robert?
1: Uh, Hunter Renfro is going to be out for the year. Darren Waller looks like he's going to be out for the year. I think the Seattle Seahawks win by exactly 100 points, Ali. <laughs> uh,
0: no bias here. No bias here. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Cardinals and the Chargers. Yes, yeah, Cardinals and the Chargers. What are we looking at here, Robert?
1: So right as as I was kind of uh, the, delaying my my cadence at the start of this episode, it was because of some really significant line moves that were popping up not only on the Jets Bears game but on our game right here the Chargers and the Cardinals. So it definitely looks like uh, Kyler Murray is going to be playing now. Uh, He's been upgraded to probable. uh, His hamstring injury looks like it's healed. I don't know if he's going to be 100%, but he will be healthy enough to play. Uh, And so thanks, Colt McCoy, for keeping the seat warm. The number now, which was 4.5, even as high as 5 with the Chargers, now down to 3.5, and and the total is now 48
0: I really like the Cardinals in this game. Even if Kyler Murray didn't play, I think the Cardinals would have bounced back against a Chargers defense that's just not good whatsoever. Kansas City just completely bulldozed over them the other day when they played on Sunday Night Football. It's one thing to face a 49ers defense that is near the top of the league. It's another to go to uh, to face the Chargers defense which is near the bottom of the league. I'll gladly take the the points with Arizona here, Robert. How about you?
1: Right. So I I wanted to see one full week of uh, Mike Williams and um, Keenan Allen together uh, so we could get some kind of reps and see exactly what the Chargers could do when they're healthy uh, with their key players. Well, Mike Williams left last game, and now he's questionable versus Arizona because, of course, they are. Uh, Gerald Everett also has a groin injury. This team just can't stay healthy. I don't understand how this could be so cursed. Uh, when the line moved to three and a half, I said, hmm, "You know what? Maybe, maybe laying the points is a good idea." But now it just it just not just doesn't seem right. And with Arizona returning home, and now with a, 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 a Kyler Murray that's going to start the game, I do think that even three and a half is going to be uh, a, enough um of an appetizing plate to grab with Arizona. So I will grab three and a half even instead of four and a half. So I'll I'll definitely back Arizona here as the home dog.
0: All right. Let's move on to the Saints and the 49ers. Robert, what do we got here? Yeah, this
1: one is um uh, pretty much uh all all the Niners right now all the time. We open them up eight um immediately got popped right up to nine in the total 42 and a half alley.
0: Yeah, this one, I'm actually gonna go with the Saints on this one. I know I always go against the team that played on Monday night because they do have to play on a short week. I don't think the Saints will win by any means, but I think they will do enough on offense between Alvin Kamara running, between Chris Olave catching passes for Manny Dalton. I do think they will they will do enough to keep it close on this one. So I will take the points with the Saints. How about you, Robert?
1: Yeah, I, I do think that you know at at the very least. You know, we can probably see the Saints pull off 17, 20 points, right? And so that's gonna require the Niners to pull off uh, you know pretty much the same, you know, theatrics that they pulled off against Arizona. However, I think the Saints are better than Arizona in the neutral field. So I think that nine heck. Even in some places, I'm seeing nine and a half. So if you're looking at back the Saints, maybe just wait a few more days because I don't think we've seen the ceiling of that number just yet. I think it only continues to climb. Uh, I think uh, the Saints catching the points here is probably the right side. Uh, you know, the, the Niners. You're absolutely right. They have to return from Mexico City uh, and then you know have their basically get their feet back on the ground since it's so high up in altitude. I think that the Saints will probably keep this one a little bit closer than double digits for me.
0: Yep, I totally agree with you there. Let's move on to the Rams and the Chiefs. Robert, what are we looking at here?
1: So, another one that's got uh, you know quite a number of energy, uh, injury connotations to it. Uh, this one opened up Kansas City 14 and a half, and the total's 43, Allie.
0: Do we know is Matt Stafford playing or is he still in concussion pro- protocol? he is
1: in protocol he is questionable to start on sunday
0: so if he were to start i would give the rams a little more credit if he doesn't start i don't think there's any way they come within 14 points of kansas city in this game so i'm going to right now i'm going to lean kansas city because i don't think stafford's going to be 100% the rams shouldn't rush stafford back their season is finished there's no reason to to, to trot him back out there so for now I'm going to take the Chiefs. It might change if Stafford's 100% if we know he can he's a full go but as of now I'm going I'm operating operating under the assumption that Stafford will not play so I will side with the Chiefs for now. It Might change but for now I side with the Chiefs. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm, I am not going to change my 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 stance here. I think that if there's ever been a uh, a white flag raised on a franchise it's it's got to be the Rams here 10 games in with three wins really not much more to play for other than to pick up that first overall pick, honestly. Uh, so 14 and a half, you know, you're asking for them to, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs to score two touchdowns better or more to cover the spread. I think they actually get there at the half alley. Uh, I think Kansas City wins this one in a huge route.
0: Yep, totally agree. Finally, we have the Monday night game, and that's the the surging Colts, even though they did lose last week, they only lost by one. Going up against the Steelers, Robert, what are the, what's the point spread here?
1: We have uh, literally team ranked uh, number 28 and 29 in my power rankings against each other. Uh, The Colts here at home really makes me wonder now, Allie, it just, well, look, they didn't beat the Colts. They didn't beat Philly, but what if they did? Are we just pretty much just saying, you know what, that head coaching literally doesn't matter because you can't tell me this is Saturday. No. it's not him there's no way it's him right they stuck matt ryan in there uh the, the original quarterback that they wanted them Allie, we we're talking about them in the preseason when we were doing season win totals as them easy clear-cut winners for the division right, right. and you know at four six and one i I, mean, I don't know i do know this though uh they are a better body of work than the steelers and at two and a half alley way too small a number i think the colts get the cover here easily.
0: Totally. I can't agree with you more right there. It's tempting to take the Steelers, but we saw how they didn't cover against the Bengals last week. I do think that there's something about Kenny Pickett. I think that he does have a future ahead of him, whether he's the long-term solution, I don't know, but I have been impressed with his body of work. I do really like the Steelers defensive unit with JJ, not JJ, TJ Watt back, but I do think that the Colts have some – bit of a resurgence I think that they could easily beat the the Eagles last week last week if they didn't falter at the end I'm gonna agree with you Robert I think this is too low of a number I think that being at home maybe it was it would be different if we they were playing in Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh plays very well at home but I'm gonna ride the Saturday unit into Sunday and I'm gonna go and pick the Colts with you well actually they play Monday night but still I'm gonna go with you and pick the Colts I,
1: I... Really, really wish they played on Sunday because, boy, oh, boy, did that sound good. It did, and then I had to read, and then thing. I didn't think
0: about it, and I was like, oh, that's the Monday night game. But <laughs> okay, well, Saturday can can become Monday. I give everyone a little bit more of a week. About yes. That. Yes. <laughs> Especially everyone will be eating leftovers on Thanksgiving, so. We are, that is our episode for this week. I want to wish everyone a very happy Thanksgiving coming up. I hope you all enjoy the games tomorrow, the long weekend, eat as much as you can. This is the one day of the year you could really splurge kind of like for kids with Halloween and candy. But before we sign off, Robert, any bits of advice or thoughts to share with the audience?
1: Uh, Yes. Do not fry your turkey, especially if it's frozen. Let's not do that. That will lead to a very sad Thanksgiving. Uh, And just enjoy the day. It's going to be a fantastic weekend. And especially with with Thursday football, get together with your family and friends. Enjoy enjoy the family, most importantly. And uh, we'll see you back here again after this week's uh, chock full of more fun. Couldn't
0: have said it better myself. Take care, everyone.